State of Digital Publishing is a startup market research publisher producing a publication and community for digital media publishing professionals, content, and media owners in new media and publishing technology. In this episode, we speak with Luisa Ferran, SEO Director at ESPN on news SEO career advice, Google Trends, and what to expect from the second edition of the Nest Conference. Let's begin. Hi, Louisa. How are you? Hi, I'm doing well. How are you? Happy hump day. Happy hump day. I didn't or know that. I guess that. where you are, it's actually Thursday. <laughs> That's right. Oh, you, still, you it's still Wednesday, Wednesday here. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> no, it's good. Um, thank you for joining us. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, definitely your background and pedigrees, no, nothing to question as well. So definitely, yeah, just for our people who are podcast listeners who are listening to this, Louise is going to be one of the members on panelists on the News SEO conferences coming up. And we've invited her to speak to us on our podcast, not to only talk about her career, but one of the things that before we, we started this conversation, we want to cover as well with you is also about Google Trends, given her extensive experience in that throughout her multiple roles. So Louisa, before we go into all these conversations, I just want to pass it over to you just to give our audience an opportunity to get to know a bit more about you and your background. Sure. Yeah. So um, I, I have had quite a ride um, just in digital marketing and in SEO and specifically news SEO. Um, and I, I really enjoyed, you know, every stage of the journey to, you know, kind of go back to the very beginning to give the SparkNotes version, I would really say my beginning in what I do really started when I was a kid um, because I've loved news my entire life. My joke you know, for a long time was always that I would sneak People Magazine into my mom's shopping cart like ever since I was five. So I've always wanted to know just like anything and everything about the world. And I think that really played naturally into my eventual love of all things pop culture. And then it just, you know, made sense by the time I got to undergrad in college to pursue journalism. So I um, got my undergraduate degree in journalism at the University of Colorado at Boulder, go Buffs. And um, after, you know, I did that and I actually got an emphasis in broadcast news. I, you know, I'm from San Diego, California originally. So I came back to LA. That job market was really, really tough. That was uh, 2012. And my mom was one of those moms who just always said, you have to have a job. You just have to have a job. And like right out of school, I did um, women's shoes, women's retail, you know, for a year and, you know, just got to build a customer service sort of skill set. And then this is really one of the earliest phases that I would credit LinkedIn. I've always used LinkedIn, like basically since high school was when I first created my account, but I tracked every single role that I had ever since my first high school internship in LinkedIn. And once I had put in my customer service experience from retail, that was how I made my way into digital marketing. Um, because this firm called Internet Brands um, out in LA really liked, you know, recent college grads, very green. I, I was their ideal target. And so they brought me in as an account manager. I felt very fortunate. It was just serendipitous that I found my way into digital marketing. I didn't, you know, study it in school, but I ended up really enjoying it. And at that job, that was where I heard the phrase SEO for the first time. Um, and I started to kind of dip my toe in. I knew that it was about keyword research and I really loved that sort of element. And I really wanted to get, you know, more granular with it. And I couldn't quite do that at internet brands. So I ended up having a friend who worked at an agency called W Promote in Los Angeles. And once I got in there, they truly changed my life. They gave me an entire pathway to what I do now. WPMO is like a full service digital marketing agency, lots of integrated campaigns with like email, social media, SEO, 
paid search. And when I was there, I started as a specialist, just working on a variety of different accounts. And then I made my way up to being a manager. And I just received a fantastic foundation in technical and, you know, creative kind of content SEO um, that I still reference to this day. So that's another piece of advice that I would give to anybody is like, if you are just starting out in SEO to try to make your way into an agency sort of position where they can truly train you. Um, I am forever grateful to W Promote that they gave me the base for everything that I do now. So once I was there, I really enjoyed that environment. And I knew that SEO was something I wanted to continue to, you know, work on. But I also miss news. And then I ended up having a very, you know, I always call it like my fairy godmother moment to get back into news because I always wanted to re-enter this world where a recruiter reached out to me for an SEO coordinator role um, with e-entertainment. And I had always been a really big pop culture freak. And on top of that, I loved SEO. So it was basically like, you know, combining my love of news, entertainment, and SEO in this whole new world. Um, and once I got in there, um, that just really transformed my entire career trajectory. Because um, news SEO is very different from traditional SEO. I think the biggest difference that really stands out is the timetable that you're working with. With a lot of more traditional SEO techniques, you'll put them in and then you'll say, okay, let's check on this in a month, in six months, in a year. But I'll never forget that e-entertainment role that I had was the first time that like, I maybe made, you know, a change to an article headline. And within 10 minutes, I had an editor coming to me being like, why aren't we ranking higher? And I was like, whoa, so this, this is it. This is going to be, you know, the pace from now on. You really have to like love that and love the competition and love the kind of frenzied nature of it, which I do. It definitely suits me and my sort of personality. And I took that and ran with it. I, I worked in different news SEO strategy roles at first the entertainment, then at Yahoo then at TMZ, then I ended up, you know, going to New York for a year with People Magazine and Entertainment Weekly, which definitely fulfilled a childhood dream. And I came back to LA with that same job. Then I transferred over to the LA Times, which being from San Diego, growing up around, you know, LA and coming up here all the time was such an honor to spearhead, you know, the search strategy in that newsroom. And that eventually took me to Google where, you know, it was working behind the curtain. You had always wanted to see how does the mothership work? Um, and that's really what it was. And in particular, I know you had mentioned it, Google Trends had been such a crucial part of my workflow and all of those other roles that to finally work for Google Trends and to see how that team operates was so inspiring and educational. So I absolutely love that. And that truly, you know, got me to where I am now, um, where, you know, I'm SEO director at ESPN. I'm building a team. Um, this is a brand new effort and it's truly been fantastic so far and I'm psyched to see what the future holds so that was you know the short version <laughs> a lot to unpack there and I really appreciate the journey that you shared because it's really important because with everything that's now becoming into more mainstream people know the pathways to get there so I really appreciate you giving us that short version of it as well but Let's just unpack that a little bit. You mentioned part of your career where you went into WP Promote. You started in, obviously, uh, Trust of the Brands and went to WP Promote into an agency. I think that there might still be a preference of SEOs that want to get into publishing news but haven't been to that background before. There's still a bit of a, a roadblock. Do you, What are your thoughts around that? Do you feel like that that's still a requisite if someone wants to be passionate and get into news this year but they haven't had that past journalism experience or internship 
And if that is not the case, how do you think that they can stand themselves out? Yeah, I mean, I think like where it falls ultimately is, you know, news SEO still is quite niche, even though mm -hmm. I'm, you know, thrilled that there are people like, you know, John Shahada and Barry Adams who are out there like spearheading conferences and really, you know, spreading awareness around what news SEO is. Um, having been doing it for the past several years, I've seen that even just now it's still picking up steam, you know? And I mean, certainly in those roles that I had been mentioning, a lot of them were come in kind of on your own and see what you can get done. That's why I feel like the future for news SEO is definitely getting a lot brighter, but it has definitely just been picking up steam. So when it comes to trying to break into, you know, a news SEO role, if say you're more of like a traditional SEO and you come from, you know, that sort of like digital marketing background or even like a business school background, and you had been doing that, but you hadn't really been involved in news. Maybe I'm just, you know, an eternal optimist, but I like to believe that those sorts of minds are very welcomed in newsrooms. I think newsrooms are really starting to embrace this more. And even though, I mean, it's obviously very nice when you can have a passion for, you know, news and for journalism. And I think there are different ways to show that in an interview even if you didn't go to journalism school and you don't have the specific background like that, I think that goes hand in hand with preparing properly for like an interview process. So be prepared to talk about like what your favorite publications are. Maybe, you know, if you're applying for a news SEO job, you know that you have a strong SEO background, but you might not have the, you know, journalism side of it to show that you would be able to like adapt the traditional SEO approach to news why not be very proactive and like conduct an audit of some kind on their site and say, hey, I come from a more traditional SEO background, but this is me taking your news site and, you know, giving you these actionable sorts of insights. I mean, that sort of thing would really impress me, um, even if someone did come from maybe like less of a journalism background, just to show that they are open to learning how this very different environment works. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would say that's absolutely possible to make the leap. I mean, I had to make the leap at one point. I was at an agency and I, I did manage to find, you know, that opening. And I know that I was fortunate in finding that opening when I did. But just from knowing different people in the industry, I think there definitely are ways to show that you're willing to learn and willing to adapt your approach. But like that being said, I think that's so important whenever you would be in an interview process for a role like that to acknowledge this can't be like a fitting a square peg in a round hole kind of scenario where it's like, yeah. these are, you know, the e-commerce sort of like techniques that I know work. News is is so different. So I think you really need to show that you're willing to adapt and, and you know, do your background research. I mean, the nice part about, you know, news SEO now is that there are great resources out there. I'm really about SEO in general. I love that. The SEO community is so welcoming and, you know, everybody loves to teach one another. So you can definitely read up a lot on publishing SEO and, you know, the news SEOs that are out there doing great work. I would come in, you know, basically with that in your back pocket, that sort of material, like having read up on that and then be able to reference those concepts that they're talking about as well. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that, you know, it's impossible. I think there are many more openings now in news SEO. And, you know, I think traditional SEOs can find their way in there as long as they you know, show that even if they don't have the traditional educational background, um, they have a passion for it. Because I will say this until the cows come home, working in news SEO, in particular, in like really 
big breaking news sort of newsrooms where it's incredibly fast paced. It's not for the faint of heart. I mean, the big thing that's always really driven me through the roles that I've had is that I love content. And the places that I've worked at, I would be reading that content anyways. I feel so fortunate that I have worked for places I am fans of. Like every single place that I've worked, I read that content. And that was what would always bring me back day after day after day was that I had that passion for the content. So even on a tough day, because that, you know, the news SEO industry can be really tough. It's so fast paced. It's so competitive. There are new publishers coming out like seemingly all the time, you know? So if you're, if you're going to get through that and triumph over those challenges, having a love for the content and for publishing can really help. So that would be like, you know, my advice to people who maybe would want to get into it, but they don't have the traditional background is to find that sort of footing in the content and that passion for the content because that that will see you through. Yeah, that definitely resonates. And then that shows how adaptable you can be, even if you don't come from that journalist background, for sure. Yeah, yeah. You, you're building a team at the moment, as you mentioned, like what's been one to stand out without giving names, I guess, what's been a standout um, review or application that you've received that said to you, well, I think that this is like examples that you're looking for, you know, I, I obviously, yeah, it's, yeah. What's, what's one of those examples? For sure, for sure. So yeah, I mean, I, I can reference one that came in since I had started. And it's funny because I had actually already kind of pointed this out, but I really, really do believe in this. So yeah, obviously I'll leave the name out, but I really did love that this person, number one, and I, I do, you know, work at ESPN. So I loved that they were very vocal about showing their love of the content and of sports in general, because I think it's just, it, I, I really can't be said enough how important it is to prepare for your interview and to know the content that you would be working with and to be familiar with like that subject matter and, you know, ready to talk about it at length. I'm just that kind of person who feeds off of passion like that. So I really did love that this person brought that right away and was prepared to talk about, you know, the content that's on our site. More than that, though, this person really did impress me because like I had just mentioned, they had prepared, you know, kind of a mini audit of you know certain aspects of our site and what and they were already flagging potential areas for improvement they were showing that they were knowledgeable you know with our site that they regularly visited it that they like if they were brought into the role they would already have ideas for what they could start doing all of those sorts of things really got you know my wheels spinning where i was like hey i know that this person is extremely actionable that they're not passive in this process that they're already trying to show like if you gave me the opportunity to work here. This is the kind of product you could expect from me. And I really, really was impressed um, by that. And, you know, again, the fact that it was all very applicable, it was something that would fit into the workflow that we're building. So it showed that this person had really done their research and weren't just, you know, coming in to chat, but really had, you know, this sort of significant material backing the theories that they were presenting about our site and what they would do working for us. So I really love that. I think any way that you can amplify your interview, you know, experience where obviously it's very important to be able to, you know, chat and relate on a personal level, but it's always important to find any way to showcase your skill set. And I really love when people, you know, do their homework, look into the site specifically, find those areas of improvement, because then you can really envision them, you know, being on your team potentially, you know, because you know what kind of a worker they would be and what they would bring to the table. So I was very impressed by that. Yeah, that was that was a recent interview that I had. I can totally relate to that, particularly in my earlier days, like you just want to show your mark or earn your mark. And that's sort of like one of the things that I also did as well to my interview. So I appreciate yeah. that. It's still 
that still stands the test of time, you know, even without having that sort of background. I think that even for me as well, when I look for people, that's the same thing. Like you said, with Google Trends, that's been that's one of the fundamental tools across the board with News SEO. Obviously, with what information you can share, what some of the misconceptions after working at Google, the misconceptions that you've found that News SEOs know about the tool or they're not leveraging enough that we can use, because ultimately that's something that News SEOs have to know day by day in better leveraging Google Trends. Well, I mean, I wouldn't maybe phrase it as much as misconceptions, but maybe yeah. like different areas of Google Trends that people could be using like even more, I would say, because, you know, having like been immersed in it for a year, just like very immersed in it, you know, being on that team, it took like my fangirling to a whole other level where I was like, wow, this, this is incredible. So I would almost put these as like Google Trends hacks that people should know about where you can use it even more. So I would just shout out a few of the different capabilities of that tool and also that team just to give them, you know, proper credit because they're incredible. So a few things that I would mention would be on like the platform in particular, I feel like a lot of people are very aware and as they should be of like the real time stories feed, because that's where you're seeing like in real time, these are, you know, the top stories they're ranked. That's always really helped me in pitching things. That's fantastic. That's like very forward facing. So you have that aspect of the tool. And then when you get more granular, you put in your own keyword, then you can start to get down into like the rising queries and the top queries. One aspect of Google Trends that I really love that I would encourage everybody to use kind of beyond those basic functions is content planning. So Google Trends, you know, even though it's so good for like the breaking news um, sort of, you know, stuff, I really do love it for when you want to track more like long-term trends around something, especially something that's more seasonal. If you want to find like, you know, all-time trends since Google Trends data first started, which was in 2004, I think that can be really interesting, especially if you're working with something that is like inherently trendy. Like one I can think of would be if you were at a, you know, fashion publisher and you wanted to know because 90s, like Y2K fashion has totally been coming back in style. You want an idea of like, when did the butterfly hair clip really spike in search traffic? You can get those sorts of insights from Google Trends. If you, you know, look up butterfly hair clip, put in since 2004, that's where you can see throughout the entire range of this data, where did it spike? That's a very interesting sort of insight to include within an article. So I think that's always fun. When it comes to content planning, I really do love Google Trends for that because say Halloween is coming up pretty soon, right? And we're in September. If you wanted to know, you know, you have 10, you're at a publisher, you have 10 pieces of Halloween content that are going to be coming out you know, within the month of October, but you want to know how to space those out. Like when does, you know, search interest really start to rise? You can look at Halloween, but look at the last five years or even since 2004 and see those seasonal patterns of, you know, something like that is kind of nice because user behavior tends to stay pretty consistent. So you would be able to see, oh, okay. So around this date range, every single year, I know that traffic goes up or, you know, search interest goes up around Halloween, let me plan out those pieces accordingly. So I think that's really helpful um, within Google Trends. And another, you know, fun, you know, functionality that I really like about the tool is also where you can get more granular with the regional data. So if you ever want to know going back to the butterfly hair clip, for instance, so butterfly hair clips have been taken off. If we want to look at the last year where they really exploded, you know, back in popularity, and you wanted to zone in on that, you could see in the little map region down at kind of the middle of that search, which states were searching for it the most over the last year. I think that kind of data 
is really interesting if you're doing kind of like an e-commerce sort of explainer. It's like, oh, that's shocking. I didn't think that Arizona would be like the top state searching for butterfly hair clips. So you can get some sort of fun insights that way. And then more on, you know, the back end of just the power of that Google Trends team and, you know, what services they can offer, I would definitely give a shout out because I, I was always surprised, but I think like not enough people know about it. The daily Google Trends newsletter is fantastic if you're not signed up for it. I mean, it's hand curated with a lot of love, um, you know, by that team and a lot of thought. And that's where, you know, they'll kind of pick out, you know, the top topics of that day. They'll dig into, you know, the top questions, trending questions that might be popping around those topics. And they'll really provide those nuggets that can directly transfer over into articles. So I highly recommend signing up for that. It's just very actionable. There are things you can take directly off of that and put into content. And then, you know, also, I mean, obviously the Google Trends platform is great for the features that I mentioned, but don't forget about the curated pages that Google, that Google Trends has. So those are the ones that are on the very front of that platform. So it's not when you get into like the real-time trends and individual searches, but they're on the, the first page. That's where you're going to see, you know, really great data breakdowns around search queries for big events. So anything like a giant award show, the Oscars, or, you know, the WNBA finals were just up there, you know, for a long time. And you can get some really cool insights from those. So definitely don't sleep on those. And um, they, they are hand curated to really provide the most interesting insights possible. Um, and then finally, I, I would say, I, I love this and I truly did not harness the power of this um, until recently, but definitely reach out. If you sign up for that newsletter, there's a contact email for the Google Trends team. And if you are a publisher and you know, you're interested in audience engagement, you want to incorporate more valuable search insights into your content, and maybe you're hitting a wall with a, a certain search that you're doing um, on Google Trends on the front end you can reach out to the Google Trends team specifically. They have an alias. And then if you, you know, want to look into like a custom sort of data pool that will go beyond what the front end can do, you can reach out to them about that. And then they, you know, can consider working with you in that way. I did not know that um, until very recently. And I, especially like once I worked there, I knew that people absolutely should take more advantage of that because the data that they can, you know, take charge of is incredible. And yeah, just any way that you can factor Google Trends into your workflow will be beneficial. <laughs> I could talk about it all day, but those are some of my favorite things. Always action-packed, Louisa. And I wanted to thank you as well personally, because I think you shared the insight about the Daily Created Trends newsletter in the SEO Journalism Slack group. And I, I would have not picked up on that if you, if you weren't able to share that during your time in Google. So thank you for doing that. So yeah. Of um, course, yeah. A lot, yeah a, lot of the, a lot of those insights, yeah, definitely we're following. Um, that's, that's really cool. There's even from the time that the conference was set to now, there's a lot of things that have happened as well in the space, particularly with Google search on conference as well. What, what questions are you anticipating in your panel? What questions do you feel like are, are still needing to be answered pre and post conference as well? What are, you, what are your thoughts? In general, I love conferences. I, I'm a big believer that you should never stop learning when it comes to search, you know, and especially SEO. I think that I will be like trying to master it my entire life. I don't think I will ever be, you know, a true, like, it's funny when you throw on the phrases like expert and master within search because it's always evolving. So I like to think of myself as a, a student always in search that can soak things up like a sponge from other people because absolutely I have my best practices that I believe in and my experience, but I think you should always be learning, especially when it comes to SEO. So 
I'm very excited to just go in and do that period, just to hear what other people bring to the table. I'm always curious about, you know, any sort of bigger industry insights. I mean, we did have some, you know, algorithm updates recently. So I'm curious if anyone has takeaways from those um, to share. We haven't yet really, I mean, knock on wood, right? <laughs> Seen any giant repercussions yet on my end, but I am curious if anyone's going to bring new insights about that. In general, I guess within like my panel specifically, I love hearing how people got to where they are um, in their careers. I've always been a really big believer in informational interviews. I still, I, I do those now all the time. I love to talk with people who, you know, inspire me. I think that gives me, you know, motivation for where I want to go next. So I'm very humbled to be on the panel that I'm on and I'm, I'm psyched to hear what everyone on my panel, you know, has to share in terms of what, you know, ways did they overcome adversity in the past to get to where they are now? What are their future goals? Are there any opportunities for, you know, further collaboration between us? I mean, I would feel that way with anybody who would be at the conference. So yeah, I mean, in general, I'm just, I'm going in with like a very open mind. I'm also always curious if, you know, people are utilizing like different best practices and, you know, how, how that might be benefiting them and, you know, what everyone's individual approaches are because, you know, news, I mean, SEO in general is a big game of it depends, right? We talk about that all the time, but yeah, I mean, in, in general, things are always changing so much. So I'm, I'm always very curious what other people's approaches might be and how those might differ from my own. And if there are any, you know, sort of takeaways from that. So yeah, just going in very excited and eager to learn and, you know, excited to network with people. Um, I love this community and I feel so honored every day to be a part of it. So yeah, just very enthusiastic about everything. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I guess if I, I think there'll be also more questions as well once people present their findings as well. So we'll see what comes from the awesome, like I was saying, I uh, was speaking to Barry a few weeks ago as well, like it just this year as well as, it's covering a lot more different areas as well, not just like top stories and everything else. It's, it's trying to be very live, live coverage is what we think, which I think is one burning thing to like all different things. It's, it's, it's a lot more diverse. So definitely keen to see what new best practices people are practice sharing about that. Yeah. yeah. I guess looking ahead and, and sort of to help some, some made our sort of conversation, I think, you know, given that you're in your new role, what, what are your plans with your team and, and sort of your direction for the next year ahead at ESPN? With my team and where we're at, it's been a very exciting, um, you know, kind of month and change so far for us. When we came in, definitely a huge focus of the work that we're doing has been training. I'm a yeah. big believer in it. So we've wanted to establish a foundation of best practices within the newsroom to really, you know, garner that trust from the editorial team members that we're working with. That's just been a cornerstone of my SEO philosophy ever since I got into this world. I think you can come across very like foreign and maybe get turn people off if you know you don't establish that trust first. So um so that's definitely been a big part of our first month and starting to build our workflows, get better knowledge of kind of where was SEO in the past, kind of what was the reputation that it had, and then helping to mend any sort of you know confusion that there might have been from SEO in the past or any sort of disjointed, you know, sort of strategy that was going on. So we've been working on that quite a bit it's that you know a new more positive path but yeah i mean for us there's definitely no shortage of things to cover in the world of sports we are absolutely like knee deep and you know we have college football going on we got nfl it's a very exciting time to be working for espn so i think that was fun that our you know kind of the birth of our team um coincided with that when all of that momentum was ramping up and yeah in terms of the future you know we we have a lot of different plans we definitely want to amplify our 
reporting structure that we have because we want to, we're already starting to do audits to properly track like, okay, where has ESPN been in the past with, with our performance? Where are we now? Where do we want to go? Mm-hmm. So reporting kind of goes hand in hand with that. So I think we're fine tuning our reporting system. Also, you know, in addition to working with like the breaking news sort of like segment of the newsroom, we want to be tapping more into the evergreen content opportunities um, that will exist for ESPN. So we're already starting to kind of map that out. And yeah, I mean, generally, we just want to be more integrated within, you know, the newsroom workflow. And that's been happening a lot more with time. So yeah, really, the the sky's the limit. I feel thankful every single day for this job. I've I've loved ESPN my entire life. I come from a huge sports family. And it's funny, the way that my director put it to me when I was interviewing for this job was sports is inherently fun. And I do feel that every single day that, you know, the work that we do, sports is a great escape for people. Um, and it makes people very happy. So it's wonderful to get to really zone in our focus on that kind of content every single day. So we're trying to educate the newsroom, get them invested in these search strategies. And then once, you know, we have that secured, really lost that out to all the potential that exists in the future. So those are some of our, our things, but we have many, many other plans. And really beyond that, our, our team itself, um, we want to expand. So we currently have, you know, myself and my two lovely, you know, senior SEO analysts, and we're going to be hiring for a third. That was the interview that I had done. And then we have bigger goals beyond that to make this team even greater. So it'll be awesome. I'm very excited. <laughs> no, definitely. When you're going from the ground up, it's always, it's, it's a little initially harder, but definitely more rewarding as well, uh, for sure. Just, just one more question yeah. on the ESPN direction moving forward. Is your philosophy going to be based on covering more, getting more visibility across more sports? Or is it going to be more local driven, given that the updates that are happening with Search On? What's your sort of philosophy around sports and that angle? in terms of developing topical expertise? So, I mean, I'm I'm a big believer. Again, maybe it's just, you know, being very confident in where this team could go, but I'm a big believer in all of our sports. Um, actually, one way that we've tried to adapt our strategy from the very beginning has been we really want to directly cater to maybe some of the areas of our company that because obviously the NFL is so big and college football is so big, maybe the resources weren't the same for them. So that's why, like, I don't tend to look at our sports as, like, anything is more important than the other. I want to serve all of our sports at the same time, because I think even for the ones that have smaller audiences, they can be incredibly passionate audiences. So we've already put a big focus on, for instance, like, kind of the combat team that we have that covers, like, MMA and boxing. That's a very passionate audience, but, you know, it might be a little might be smaller than like the NFL, but it's very passionate. And there are, there's a lot of potential there. Also, I mean, the world of ESPN fantasy and, you know, betting within sports, that's another really big thing that, you know, exists. And again, it might not be at the same scale as an NFL, but there's a very passionate fan base for it that deserves our help. And we should be, you know, helping them find our content. So yeah, I mean, I guess the way that I would sum that up is I haven't been really putting them in any sort of tiers because I, I believe all the sports deserve our attention. If anything, if they're in season or they're about to be in season, we're absolutely focusing on them. And our goal is by the time we, you know, make a full 12 months, you know, around the newsroom that every team and every sport will feel that we're invested in them and that they should trust us and be a part of our strategy. I think you have to look at a newsroom like this that way. It's really important to 
have that connection with each of the teams. Absolutely. And with that, Louisa, thank you for all the op optimism, packing as much as you can in a short period of time. And I look forward to seeing your session and, and just the general next steps that you take with ESPN. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. I'll see you soon. Likewise. Bye. Thank you. Thanks, bye. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the State of Digital Publishing Podcast. Listen to past and upcoming episodes across all major podcast networks. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and join our community groups. Finally, visit stateofdigitalpublishing.com for premium information, resources, and become a member today. Until next time.